Hey guys, this is Mike Badano, and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Hey Chris, how's it going this evening? Doing okay today? No, it's terrible. I can't breathe. <laughs> so, uh, what what is it? Just allergies and stuff going on, or how's it going? Yes, it's allergies. So I was outside all day yesterday because of a my car broke down at a disc golf tournament that sounds actually really interesting yeah you 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 said some of the some of the story you want to go ahead and tell us before we start talking star hockey oh by the way this is sarcastic remarks welcome <laughs> uh it, we're two Hi. brothers and we love hockey we're in dallas uh, we should love football but we love hockey instead so and uh this is where we talk any and all things hockey so uh, especially Dallas Stars. And uh, there's a lot to be happy about from this past week, Christian. And uh, we'll see how this goes. We'll talk about the playoff race a little bit. We'll talk about Joe Pavelski, uh, J- Jason Robertson a little bit. We got some things to talk about. But first off, that actually sounded like an interesting story. So uh, tell us your story about your whole car breaking down. <laughs> yeah, so... I drove an hour and a half to go to this tournament, right? Woke up at, at 5 in the a.m.s, five, 5 in the morning times to go to this, right? So I drive an hour and a half to get there, and, like, three minutes away from the place, my car starts, like, getting hot, like, like too hot. So I was like, all right, that's not cool, but I carry a jug of water around in case that happens because my car is old as crap and it sucks. So I was prepared for that situation. So anyway, the whole tournament goes, and then afterwards, the, the car is cool now, so I can pour water in it, into it, right? So I pour water into it. It takes, like, the whole jug of water. So I was hoping that, okay, maybe that was it, because there was obviously not enough water in it. So then I start driving, and I'm going to drive to the grocery store to pick up more water, because I still got an hour and a half to get home. So in case it starts overheating again, I'd have to pull over and wait for, like, an hour or two for it to cool down, but whatever. So I try to get to the grocery store, and like three minutes from where I stopped, my whole dashboard lights up, and every like little alert light that can go off did. Like even the tire pressure sensor was blinking. Like, do those blink? <laughs> I guess, but it was blinking. And then uh, I I try I tried to to zoom zoom, you know, push push the little gas thing, and it just it, it didn't it didn't go. It didn't make the car go. So that was bad. Uh, and then the power steering went out. So I decided <laughs> it was probably time to stop at that point and not try to continue driving. So, um, so just thing after thing just kept going out. Well, I don't know what the heck. It, I thought it was like just electrical at first, but then my, my gas went out and I was like, that's not electrical. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, that's when I decided to stop. But uh, then it took – so then I waited an hour for a tow truck, and that tow company called and bailed on me, said there was no place he could take me. Oh, so, much so it. it got worse after that then? Yeah, yeah. So he pretty, <laughs> he, he pretty much lied to me. Oh, but first, when I called this co- tow truck company, I didn't even have signal. So I had to climb a hill to get enough signals to call somebody to come help me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I called them. They said they were coming. They didn't come. Uh, they told me that an hour later too, so I waited for an hour for nothing. So then I had to call, call a different company, 
and they came and got me and took me to a dealership and that's where the car is currently and because it was on saturday night no one was able to look at it and they they couldn't look at it today either because no one's working on sundays oh my so goodness <laughs> i got to wait till tomorrow morning to even know what's wrong with it and how much it's going to cost and hopefully hopefully it's just trashed hopefully it costs a billion dollars and the the car is just garbage cuz i hate that car <laughs> it is it has stranded me like 3 times and that's just within like the past year, right? Yeah, a year or two. Well, how old is the car? It can't be that old, is it? It's a 2012 Veloster, but uh, Zach drove pizzas with it. Oh, uh, so, so he yeah got, he put a bunch of miles on it. Yeah, it's got like 128 on it. Oh goodness gracious! Well, I am terribly sorry that happened to you. It, it did not sound like you had a good uh, uh, a good weekend or week or whatever. Yeah, it still doesn't sound like I have a good weekend because I can't breathe. So. <laughs> well, it, I, I guess it can only get better from here? Like on the that's positive side? That's what I thought before the car broke down too, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think it's going to get better. Okay, alright. Uh, well, let's talk about something that's a little bit more positive and somebody or something that did have a good week. And, uh, that's oh, yeah, I did Dallas- get to watch the, the I got to watch the third period of that game when I finally got to a gas station. Good, that was great. Good. So, so you didn't even really get to watch the uh, which game was it? The, the Thursday game or the Saturday game? Saturday. Saturday game, yeah. Well, uh, it was a good week for the Stars. And, and again, you know, it's against teams that we're expected to beat or whatever. Uh, but we go 3-1 and one this week. So uh, we only play Detroit three times yeah. or four times, sorry, to finish up the season series. And uh, at least against the Red Wings, we don't lose in overtime. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. Well, so uh, we – we went ahead and won two of those two of the three games we won this week were in overtime. Uh, one was just because of some blatant, obvious, gargantuan, amazing play by Jonathan Bernier, and then uh, the other one was at the beginning of the week, and that was a little bit more even, even though the Stars uh, were not playing as good as they should have. But uh, the Tuesday game, uh, that was a great game, absolutely great game for the Stars, and uh, we already talked about those two, but. Uh, let's go ahead and before we start talking about uh, the schedule and everything, um, because it's it's getting close. We have about two weeks, two and a half weeks left until the star season is over, and uh, we figure out if the stars are going to get that uh, coveted fourth uh, spot in the central division. So, um, so let's start with this game on Tuesday, and. You know, unfortunately for the Stars, it looks like that everybody is going to look at this week, and they're only going to look at that one game. It was a complete, you know, utter thrash it, thrashing by the Stars. Uh, they got thrashed. It was 7-3. to three, uh, Lots of defensive issues and lots of turnovers. More goaltending issues and defensive issues, in my opinion, but sure. <laughs> It, they weren't great defensively either, but they, they were not as bad as the score turned out. So both goalies, too. It wasn't just one of them. They were both not good. Well, I, I honestly thought that Ottinger looked better, and, and the goals he did let in were kind of not super bad. But, uh, I mean, 
obviously defend a seven six nine save percentage. <laughs> Do it. I, I, I can't. Want you to. I can't. <laughs> I, it, That's it, awful. And you know, honestly, if they're going to lose a game by a lot, at least it was just one game and not multiple games. I I, I just wish it hadn't have been against. Yeah, they bounced back from it well. Yeah, they did. And and uh, we'll talk about that here in a second. But that that seven to three thrashing was just. You know, not what we expected from the stars, and uh, and again, it just seems like every time the stars play the Red Wings, in uh, I almost said Joe Louis Arena, but it's not Joe Louis Arena anymore. It's a uh, uh, Little Caesars Arena. Every time they play in Little Caesars Arena, Little Caesars, something amazing happens. So first, it was the who was it? it was the four? It was the, An- the Anthony Mantha four goal game. That was at the beginning of last season. And then the second game was a Robbie Fabry hat trick and when he was fairly new from St. Louis coming to, to Detroit. And then Jacob Verana, the brand-new Red Wing coming from Washington, gets a four-goal game. And then Jonathan Bernier has an incredible stand-on-my-head, you know, f- you know float-in-the-air you know, performance. It was absolutely ridiculous, uh, just what that man did in that game. So it I, it seems like the only way the star, the Red Wings can beat the Stars or make it close is an individual effort from one player. <laughs> it seems yeah. like when I looked at that at, at the box score when I finally got some Wi-Fi on Saturday, I actually just laughed. That was my first reaction was laughter. <laughs> like that was such a Dallas Stars thing. At one point it was 41 shots to 3. <laughs> and they were losing. That was hilarious. It was so funny, dude. Yeah, that that was the game. Hockey is so stupid. What a dumb sport. Yeah. This sport is ridiculous. And the one period we we didn't play great in the third period. Like we played better than them, but it wasn't as good as the first two. And somehow that's the the period we scored the goal. This is a stupid sport. Yep. It's a dumb sport. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I'm I'm gonna paraphrase Razor here. They should take hockey and call it goalie instead. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. it, it was absolutely ridiculous that game, um, but let, let's get back to this Thursday game because honestly, there was a lot of stuff about this game that I didn't like, and I, I know you said the goaltending, but I honestly felt that the worst part about this game was the the defensive miscues from this team. I mean, yeah, there was defensive miscues, but if all those defensive miscues only led to twenty three shots. Like, at some point, you need to save. Like, it, you, we could talk about the defensive miscues if you want, but they only had 23 shots, so you didn't have that many defensive miscues. There were just a lot of turnovers. I felt there was a lot of turnovers. I mean, yeah, it was sloppy play, but it wasn't seven goals to one of the worst teams in the league sloppy play. That that was – that's awful. I feel like even talking about anything other than goaltending is just a false storyline. So, you know, one of the outstanding things to me, just looking at the box score from from this game, is the fact that nobody was positive in this game. Not one, per- not one player was positive. There were three players. Yeah, but you know, who, you know who was zero? Dowling, Caro, and Pissick. So they're probably <laughs> the best players on the team that game, right? Yeah. Totally. I mean, if you look at the plus minus stat, that's what it tells you, right? What a great stat. Uh, I mean, except Dowling was only on the ice. Know- 
How else would we know that Darling Caro and Pistic are the best players on our team without plus minus as a stat? Exactly. We wouldn't. Exactly. Thank you, plus minus. The best <laughs> stat in all of hockey. Thank you. So the the other thing about all of this is that the plus minus is it was not good for anybody. I know you hate plus minus. So we always talk about it, but what a great it, stat it, for an individual game. It's something, you know, it's something to look at. Maybe so over at a period. Players Essa Lindell, you think Essa Lindell had a bad defensive game that game? There were, he was minus three. There were some there were some turnovers that he had and, and some plays that he made that were not that were not good. You think he he had a worse game than Pissick as at forward? I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that at all. But <laughs> That's what plus or minus is saying. No. It yeah, just, it, is. it just tells you who is on the ice and yada yada yada. Yeah, it punishes okay. people who are on the ice. Tough okay. Stat. So uh, another another stat that looks kind of outstanding to me is the fact that, you know, even though we got our butts kicked, uh, the Stars still did try to keep coming back. And they seemed to get a goal to get within one and got within one, and then, they, and then the Red Wings would just score again. And uh, can someone tell Luke Glendinning to stop scoring against the Stars? He has six goals yeah. in the season, and half of them are against the Stars. This what week. the heck is up with that? I don't know. Like, <laughs> where did that come from? It's so annoying. I have not a clue. But uh, the 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 thing I'm noticing again, and it, I got distracted by the Luke Glendinning thing. But <laughs> salute, bless you. Um, is that's the, gonna happen a lot? Sorry, people. Yeah, and the the power play for the Stars was actually at fifty percent for the night, just because it seemed to be the only way they could score was on the power play, and it was the first game in almost two and a half years that the Stars. Uh, scored multiple power play goals and lost the game. So, and not only did they lose the game, they got their butts kicked. So, yeah, I, I don't get it. This whole week was weird. Like, e- even that game, we lost by four goals, and we doubled them in shots. Right, and that- what a what a weird what a weird week it was. It was very weird. Um, Foxa continues to to. S- you know, show some more uh, offensive side of the puck, which he's been doing better at the second half of this season. Uh, Joe Pavelski gets his 20th of the season, becoming the first Dallas Stars to get, hit the 20-goal mark this season. Uh, and, I mean, Robertson continues his play. He gets an assist on the Garyanov goal. Uh, he's at 22 assists which, uh, at that point, which led, which at that point led all, the, all rookies in the NHL. And he's still leading all rookies in the NHL because I think he got – did he get an assist on that Pissett goal on Saturday? Yes, they gave it to him at, after the game. Right, and I think they originally had it unassisted, but he did – I mean, he yeah. did kick it. So he gets an assist <laughs> for kicking the puck, soccer style. So uh, he is currently on a seven-game point streak, which is the longest for any rookie in the NHL this season. Uh, and – Jason Robertson continues to do Jason Robertson things. Even if he's not getting multiple points in the game, he's still showing up on the score sheet every night. He's chasing down Kaprizov, man. Kaprizov is shaking in his boots. Uh, Kaprizov is is starting to rack up the goals again. He's on a four-game goal streak uh, as we're recording this and as we're saying this. So, um. I don't even really want to talk about the game on Thursday just because it was just a bad game overall for the Stars. Well, that's all I've been talking about. Man, 
<laughs> it, it, yeah, and, and again, th- this is the game that everybody's going to look at and say, oh, look, see, they lost to the Red Wings. But it was, you know, it was one game, and then the rest of the week we pretty much dominated. The, the, the fir- I, I would mean, say the first game. Two overtime wins. <laughs> I would say the first yeah. game was not yeah. domination. The second overtime was the stupidest thing ever. We it, totally dominated that game, and yes. somehow we had to win in overtime. That makes no sense. But yes, I, I, I will agree with you then. Okay, yes. so so let's go ahead and get to that game from from yesterday because obviously <laughs> we both just want to talk about that game. Um, so Stars do win in a shootout, two to one, over the Detroit Red Wings. Um, no, Saturday we won in overtime. Did I say? What did I say? You said shootout. Shootout, overtime, sorry. We won in overtime. Thank you, Jamie Ben. And uh, the Stars weren't even the storyline for this game. <laughs> I mean, kind of they were with all the shots they put up. <laughs> they were definitely part of it. I mean, 41 shots to three? What is that? That doesn't ha- that doesn't happen in blowouts. I don't know. No, like, there's... There- there's no way it could have happened if they were blowing the, the other team out because then they would stop trying, <laughs> right? Like, this is, it was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. All right, so at the end of the first period, the shots were 21-3. to And then at the end of the second period, both teams basically doubled their shot totals. It was 41-6 to at the end of the second period. <laughs> I mean that that's that's almost some like EA Sports NHL stuff going on there. I mean that's like me playing on rookie or something. <laughs> and yeah, and exactly. and somehow the Stars are losing going into the third period. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's their first third period come from behind win of the season. That one. <laughs> that's insane. And it, and if you didn't look at the shots on goal, you would think that, you, that the Stars played a bad game or whatever, and they just got lucky at the end and came from behind to win the game. But that wasn't the case at all. You know, we made one mistake, one mistake in the first period, and Chalowski takes advantage and puts it up in the the upper echelon of the of the net. It wasn't even a huge mistake. That was a great shot. Right, and, and it's not like uh, I forgot who the defenseman was on the, the play, but the the Stars defenseman took away the, the shot, or the pass across. So it was really just Cholowski against uh, Hudobin. And, it, uh, and he, Dobby just needed to save it, and it was the one can't blame Hudobin he when he, yeah, Can't blame Hudobin whenever the guy rifles it into the corner. That was such a wicked shot. It was sweet. It was a great shot. Um, Only better by Jamie Benz in overtime. Right, no joke. There's a segue. Where, where is... The wrist shot been for Jamie Ben. It's so good. He just he just needs to shoot a wrist shot more. Like this happened all the time when he won the Art Ross. You you would always see it. On he would score on rushes consistently just because he would just not pass and just lean on on his stick and fly fling a wrister at it and it, and it works. He just needs to keep doing it. But yeah, he he's been he's been great. So hopefully that keeps doing. And I know this is going to get us to the conversation of what happens when Tyler Sagan comes back. The answer is I don't know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well okay, so J- let's talk about that for a second again because J- Jamie Benn just continues to be a-, a better player when he's at center ice. He-, he-, he just plays better. That's just the way that he's he's been since he was moved. 
uh, to the center spot. And I believe this was the 10th game uh, that he was moved to the center spot. And, you know, it, I, I can't make an argument to take him away from it. Yeah, I mean, I can't either. <laughs> like, he's playing great. It's just, uh, you don't know what, what else could you do. You just don't put James Ben and Tyler Sagan on the same line? And then what are you going to do? You're going to break up the great line of Hintz, Robertson, and Pavelski? No? Okay, are you going to throw Sagan on the fourth line? Like, no. Is that what? Is that what's happening? Uh, there's there's no good answer. Well, and you know that's a good point because they may throw him on the fourth line just to just to get I started. Mean, why not? The, the season's been so consistent so far, so <laughs> <laughs> why not throw him on the fourth line? Yeah, th- th- that's the word of the year: consistent. Consistency, <laughs> consistent lineups. That that is how the stars operate. Yes, that, that's exactly the lineup. And now like, they have been more consistent as of late. And you, you typically – so obviously there's a lineup when Rope Hintz is in, and then there's a lineup when Rope Hintz is out. Typically when Rope Hintz is out, Jason Dickinson's on that top line, and then Tanner Caro kind of rotates up to the second line to play with uh, Jamie and Garyanov. That's typically what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. And then when Rope is in, he's on the first line with Pavelski and Robertson, and then Dickinson slots in on that second line with uh, Ben and uh, Garyanov. Which, uh, speaking of which, by the way, Gary Onoff, uh, can can he play the Red Wings more, please? Can we just have the Red yeah. Wings in the Central Division again? Because it seems like the only team that he scores against cons- consistently is the Detroit Red Wings. So he's, I think he has like eight points in eight games against the the Red Wings this year. So let's 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 get him more games. Seriously. Seriously, against well, the Red Wings. Too bad. Too bad. There's none left. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, um, but uh, what do you think of the play of Dennis Garyanov recently? Good, bad, better? I think it's gotten better, same as Jamie Benton has, and I think they've been feeding off each other and been getting better that way. So I think they've been a perfect complement to each other, and they've been helping each other kind of dig out of whatever they've been in. So. They, they both think, and I think they both. All right. Well, so here, here's a couple of stats I'm just going to throw at you. And uh, obviously the, the play of Jonathan Bernier was absolutely fantastic uh, from that last game. Uh, I mean, he saves 50 out of 52 shots, and I think it's only the third time in his career that he's saved 50 or more shots. And – for a while, I honestly thought it was going to break a record because I thought the sh- the Stars were going to come out in the third period again and just, you know, continue putting up 20 shots in the period. I thought we were going to have 60 by the end of it, uh, but we fell short of that. Darn. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and it's it's just another game, you know, going into the third period that I was really dreading. I was like, we have not dominated a game like this the entire season not like this we've dominated games and lost but we've never dominated a game like that and lost a game like that and it was really I don't think anyone has yeah <laughs> like ever i mean I, I i was trying to think of something to put on twitter after that second period and but i was just like i mean what more can you ask the stars to do yeah <laughs> just just look i mean I'm just... I don't know, 
Now, in the in the first period, they were all these shots that they were taking were kind of belly button shots. So I mean, yes, they were getting a lot of shots on, but it was from distance and it was you know straight into Bernier. And then in the second period, they obviously said something about it and they fixed it. But it you know it it just got Bernier into a into a zone and he was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't seen a goalie performance that good since Bishop in Game Seven against the Blues. So that was crazy. Yeah, that I will I will no I will I hate that game so much. <laughs> yeah, you know if that shot had been the Jamie Ben wraparound chance, if that had been like an inch further, we we would have won that Game Seven. Uh, stop talking about it. Stop talking about it. <laughs> and then, I don't what, and then what did the Blues it. do? <laughs> Oh well, okay. Uh, n- now, if you're gonna look at something negative for the Stars for for this game, is they were given their chances on the power play, and despite the previous game on Thursday, they did not take advantage of any of their chances on the power play. Yeah, it sucked. Like it didn't, and I I think that's because Klingberg was out. Like it it wasn't just bad; it was like it looked worse than five on five. Like, there was no chance at all on any of them. So they, they looked pretty terrible. Now, I'll slightly disagree with you on some of the power plays. I, I thought the first power play was okay. Uh, the second power play sucked. Uh, it just absolutely sucked. It, it, it gave the Stars no momentum whatsoever. And, and then their third and fourth chances, it actually started to look like an actual power play, and they started moving the puck more. And they actually were starting to get to the uh, upper echelon of that uh, of the zone and taking shots, you know, more high danger shots than they were in the the first two. So it it looked better and they got momentum off of it. But it, again, it looked like it froze. It it oh I did. Ah, uh, whatever. I'll I'll keep going. If you... oh, okay, I can hear you now. <laughs> Sorry, bad internet connection from where I live. I live in the middle of nowhere, West Texas, so, you know, bad internet. But, anyways, uh, you know, they just didn't... I was really afraid they were going to lose the game just because they didn't take advantage of their chances on the power play. So, if there's any negative from that game on Saturday, it's it's the power plays for the Stars. Yeah, definitely true. So, uh, the Stars go into the third period... Being down one to nothing because of a Dennis Chalowski goal, which is the first goal of the season that he scored, and then of all people to score a goal, it's the defenseman playing forward, Mark Pissick, who actually ties the game. Uh, what do you think of uh, Pissick's what, play? What a play! Very, very skilled, skillful play. Loved it. <laughs> it. That's a garbage goal if I've ever seen a garbage goal. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, honestly, if if he hadn't have touched the puck and the puck had just gone in off of Robertson's skate, I don't think it would have counted. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, who knows? Good thing Pizzik scored it. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was the, the biggest garbage goal of all. But what wasn't the garbage goal was the OT winner from the one, the only, oh, my captain, Jamie Benn. Uh, 
he's been playing excellent as of late. Well, what did you think of the goal in overtime? Yeah, it was sick. It was a great shot. Loved it. I don't even know who's next. I think it was Guryanov. Screw Guryanov. Ben's just going to shoot it. <laughs> now, I did want to talk about that goal because it seemed like for a second, and, and uh, Razor even mentioned it before uh, while I was sitting there talking about it, but it almost looked like Guryanov was offside. No, he wasn't. You don't think so? Only because of the new rule, though. If he was, it was so close, and the camera angle we had, you could never definitively say. So, I think he was onsides, but only because of the new rule. If we had the rules from last year, he was offsides by a mile. Right. But, good thing we have new rules. I don't know I don't know what he was doing in the first place. Like, you have a two-on-one no matter what. Why are you trying to... I don't know. He's, he's just getting excited. He's getting over overly excited. But, uh, yes, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I, I honestly thought for a second when, uh, when I was watching that and, I, and then I saw his skate, I'm like, oh no, we're going to score a goal. <laughs> it's going to be counted against us. It's, it's not going to count for us. And then we're going to lose the game in overtime <laughs> to the Detroit Red Wings because Bernier just stood on his head. So, I honestly, I'm surprised that they didn't challenge it. Uh, it would have been a tough challenge. I mean, I, I I bet the NHL looked at it anyway, and they're like, "There's no chance we'd be able to ever change that." But I mean, whatever. They don't have as good a uh, video coach as the Stars do. Shout out to Kelly Forbes. Um. Anyways, that. Puts the Stars up to 2015 and 12. P- moves the Red Wings down to 17, 25, and 8. And the Red Wings are not the worst team in the division right now. That belongs to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have completely fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah, rip. Yes, seriously. <laughs> and do you remember when I in my uh, my preseason rankings for who I thought was going to make the playoffs? Yep. I've had them third over the stars. Uh-huh. And there's and they're not even I think they are lucky if they if they beat the Red Wings. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. That's what I think about that. <laughs> Fast not. I don't know. But yeah, they suck. You're dumb. Moving yep. on. Hey, you got to give me some credit there, okay? It looked like for a while that they were going to, you know, maybe go for the fourth spot. And for a while, they were there. So, bless you again. Dang, you really oh. are sneezing a bunch. Okay. All right, so let's talk about uh, the the Discover Central Division. Let's talk about these standings. And uh, first we'll talk about the, the top three here, and then we'll talk about the race for fourth. Um, so first in the division, obviously, is Carolina, and they, they lost in overtime, uh, I think it was the other night, uh, but they're currently in first with 68, Florida's second with 67, and Tampa Bay is 66 with third. So it's, it's clearly a race for first between those three teams. And then, um, the race for fourth, Nashville, Dallas, Chicago. So Nashville, 49 games played, 40, 54 points. Uh, the Stars have played 47 games, so they've got two games in hand over the Nashville Predators. So they've got 52 points, so we're only two points behind, and we have two games in hand. And then uh, Chicago has played 
48 games, and they have 49 points right now. So if you look at points percentage right now, the Stars are literally .002 better than the Nashville Predators right now. So it's it, it's a neck-and-neck neck race uh, between Nashville and Dallas. Um, uh, let me ask you this question because th- this question came up uh, with a couple of groups uh, around uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Uh, do you think that this is just a – a two-team race at this point for fourth between Dallas and Nashville, or do you think Chicago still stands a chance to, to get to the I think it pretty playoffs? much is. If you look at the way Chicago's been playing, they don't look like a team that really wants to make the playoffs. They've looked really flat recently. They haven't really had much effort at all, it seems like, and they haven't been winning big games at all. So, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a two-team race. So you think it's between Nashville and Dallas? Yeah. I mean, statistically they're not out of it, but they're not playing in a good enough way for them to be able to come back with only like 10 games left in the season. Okay. So so out of the out of the two teams that are remaining, uh, out of those two, Dallas or Nashville, who do you think makes the playoffs and why do you think they make the playoffs? <laughs> that that it's kind of hard, right? You, you, I think Nashville makes the playoffs just because their schedule at the end of the season is easier. Dallas's schedule, I mean, upcoming they've got the back-to-back against Carolina. Like that on its own is going to be tough. Then after that, they still have to play Tampa Bay three more times. I mean, it, it's tough. That, that May 1st game against Nashville is what you're circling, really. You, you want to split as split those series if you can. Try and steal some points from Tampa and Carolina and maybe the one from Florida. You have to win May 1st, I think, and then you have to win that doubleheader at the end of the season. So it, 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 it's just such an easier road for Nashville, I think, than for the Stars, just looking at the schedule. All right, so do you have the uh, Nashville schedule pulled up by chance? I don't yet, but I know that they have, like, two more games against non-top three teams, well, right? Go ahead go ahead and pull that up, and, and we'll, we'll talk about the, uh, the Stars schedule because I got the Stars schedule up here. Okay, so, you know, the Stars, even though they've, you know, they had to go through and they had to beat the, the credit teams, right? Uh, they, they've played six games against the two bottom teams in the Central Division. If you go back, they they still beat, you know, uh, they still beat uh, Florida with a four to one win on, back on the tenth. They still beat Chicago with a five to one win. Uh, but in I mean they've they split a series with Carolina. I, I mean it it looks like that they can do this, and the the way that they played yesterday kind of goes to show me that I think that the Stars team can do it. You know, the only reason why that game was even close is because of a goaltender. I think if they play like that against the top three teams in the Central Division, they stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely true. They totally stand a chance. I'm not saying it's out of the realm of possibility at all. I'm just saying if I had to put my life savings on it, which is negative thousands of dollars, and I would put it on Nashville <laughs> making the playoffs. Life of a college student, right? 
Yep. Yep. But. So, all right. So, so Nashville, I pulled up Nashville. They have a doubleheader against uh, Florida the same the same two days that we have against Carolina. Not doubleheader. Sorry. Baseball season started back to back. And then they play us on May 1st after a bunch of rest, which we don't get, which is cool. How many days of rest uh, do they have? Um, <laughs> uh, three. Three. We have one. <laughs> Uh, then they play two games against Columbus, which is the worst team in the league. We don't have any games against Columbus or the Red Wings for the rest of the season. And then they have two games against Carolina on the 8th and the 10th. And then so they're done, just... right? And they're done. And that's it for them. So, they, so. so they've got the one game against us, which if you want to call us a non-playoff team, which we are right now, technically in the standings. Yep, we are. So they have two games against non-playoff teams. And then the rest are against the top three. They have three games against non-playoff teams. Oh, three. And then they have four. Yeah. Okay. So Columbus two, one against us, and then they have four against top three. Okay. So upcoming for the Stars, uh, and this is going to be difficult, uh, but they've got a back-to-back uh, tomorrow and Tuesday against Carolina, six thirty on Monday, seven thirty on Tuesday, and, and again, yeah, I don't know what's with the NHL and these just random times. You know, why not just keep it the same? I don't know. I mean, Nash- Nashville doesn't do that. All their home games are at seven. All their away games are at six. I don't know what's happening. I know it doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, okay, but and uh, then they've got uh, they got one against Tampa. Uh, they got one against uh, Nashville, which is you circle that game if you're the Stars. Uh, well, I guess for Nashville too, because that can be yeah, that that can be a four a point, point game. game. That can be a yeah, four point that... game. And then, uh, and then we've got uh, Florida on the third of May. You got two more against Tampa, which the the Tampa Bay have shown over the past month, I would say, that they're not as invincible as they were. I think. But that that's just, that's just me personally. That Tampa Bay is not, you know, yeah, as dominant. It, They've just shown a lack of motivation, I believe. I think if if they can maybe get a certain player back for playoffs, I feel like they'll be fine. Well, and, and I mean, you also have to think that <laughs> Stamkos is out too. So Stamkos is out. So he's not playing. Kucherov is not playing. That's two of your uh, – those are your best players. Uh, Braden Point, you could make an argument. Poor guys. Or... Jeez. I couldn't imagine. <laughs> And uh, so after the two against Tampa Bay, which are in Tampa Bay, uh, then they've got two against Chicago, which could be a good thing for the Stars. But, uh, again, we've had our issues with Chicago this year. So maybe, maybe not. Uh, So it almost seems like it's kind of a mixed schedule for both teams. It's, you know, half against the top three and then a couple against the bottom feeders. Yeah. Uh, our our games against the bottom teams though are less sure than Nashville's. Like they're playing Columbus, they that suck. Y- you should. We're playing Chicago, so we are Columbus fans for that game. Yeah, but and, and we're playing Chicago at the very end of the season, where they're gonna have a clear goal to spoil our season. Like that's an easier thing to look at than for Columbus. They're like, oh well, we don't know if Nashville if these games matter to Nashville's schedule. They don't have something to rally behind. Right, and here but, here's. Even, definitely play different when they can play spoiler so that's definitely a factor 
And there's no pressure on that team either because, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. Chicago, at that point, yeah. they would know if they're not making the playoffs or not. And uh, there's pressure on the Stars. And, you know, I would have said a couple years ago that that's a bad thing. But the Stars have faced a lot of pressure in the past two years, especially in the playoffs. So <laughs> I think that they could they could possibly get better in that, in that aspect and uh, get to the playoffs and – you know, be able to handle that pressure against Chicago if it does come down to those last two games. Um, the, he, here's a notable thing about the star schedule, though, is these two games against Carolina are the last two home games. The final seven for the Stars are all on the road, which just makes it that much harder. Yeah, especially from our record in, at home and versus on the road, where you're going to have to change something to get better on the road. Right, and I mean, we we need more efforts like we saw uh, on Sunday, or Sunday, on Saturday, that game against Detroit. It, it, if we could play like that every game, which I, I wouldn't expect to be able to play like that every game because of the schedule and how everything has been, but, I mean, it could go a long way to help us. So, I still think the Stars hold an edge in finishing fourth in the division and getting that final playoff spot. Now, here's another interesting thing uh, about the fourth position. Is that even if you get that fourth position, you have no idea who you're going to play. Because the top three teams are within two points of each other. So, based off of maybe what you've seen in the past couple weeks, who finishes first, second, third? I think it's going to stay the way it is. I think I think we will end, if we do get that fourth spot, uh whoever gets fourth, I think we'll end up playing Carolina. Cuz yeah. Carolina has looked very scary over the past uh especially the past 2 weeks. Um and, and, I mean if, even if you just look at the last 10, uh the Carolina has gone 6-1 and 3, Florida's gone 5-4 and 1, and Tampa has gone 6-4. and four. So Tampa especially has not been, you know, super hot uh, as of late. But uh, the only thing I will say is I do think that Tampa Bay will get home ice advantage uh, over Florida. So I think we'll see a Carolina-Dallas quarterfinal matchup in the playoffs, and I think we'll see a Tampa-Florida matchup in the playoffs. And I think Tampa has home ice. So that's how I think that this season is going to end for the Central Division. Um, I'm. I still think you can't uh, kick Chicago out of the picture, though. And I I know that they've they, they have a rookie netminder and Kevin Lincoln in, and they've got Malcolm Subban, and you know they're playing like seven to eight rookies every night. It seems like, but I you, I they're kind of like the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Okay, for. A lot of people thought that the Pittsburgh Penguins weren't even going to make the playoffs this year. And yet, right now, they're making a push for first in their own division. So, I think the Blackhawks are like the Penguins in that you just can't count them out until they're like bottom feeders for a while. I don't know, dude. It it just From the series against Nashville, those three games... Did not look inspired. <laughs> it, they looked like they were getting they were getting pounded pretty good. So unless Nashville is just that much better than Chicago is, 
then I don't think I don't think they got a chance to to come up and make a push for fourth. Well, and they had three games against Nashville, you know, this past week, and they didn't take advantage. In yeah, that's any what other I was saying. Na- so, yeah, well, they they won one in overtime, but but even that game, it was more of what Nashville did wrong than what Chicago did well. So it it just seems like Nashville was just substantially better than them. Chicago didn't really show much pushback at all, in in my opinion. So just from their play, and they're now five points behind, I feel like they're just kind of out of it. Yeah, uh, they're still only three points behind the Stars, though. Um, They're five behind for... They're five behind Nashville, excuse me. Sorry. Everyone's supposed to read my mind. Everybody knows that, so... Okay, so so you think the Stars are going to end outside of the playoff picture? If I had to bet money on it, yes. But I think they definitely can do it. I don't think it's out of the realm of, I don't, don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. This week is going to tell a lot. So if they can find a way to get a win or two, a win or a win and a half against uh, Carolina this week, that would be outstanding. Um, and then May 1st, I, that's pretty much a must win. Like, that's a huge turning point in the season, I think. So th- this week is going to be very important. And, and this kind of – we have a similar thing against – like, Nashville has a similar schedule to us as well. So that's why I think it's going to be e- even more telling of how the, how the race is going to end. And I know we keep saying this, but every game is a must-win game for the Stars at this point, it seems like. Uh, I mean, the games against the top teams don't feel like must wins just because those teams are playing so much better than us right now. <laughs> so, so you, if you're if you're Dallas and you're looking at these next two games against Carolina, you're just hoping for a split. Then I'm hoping for a split. If we can get a split, I think we won't lose ground against Nashville. So that's what I'm hoping for. Well, I'd like to see the records uh, of the Stars versus well. We have not had Carolina's number this year. I actually know that for on, off the top of my head. I think we beat them yeah. once, right? Yeah. Out of the yeah. six games we've played against them. So Carolina's 5-1 and one against us. And I would love to see the, you, you know, the, the, the difference between Florida and Nashville. And, the turns and tabled. The tables turned. My how have the tables turned. But anyways, um, well, I guess we'll have to look and see, right? I think it at week. Yep. And if you're the Stars and the Predators, you're circling that game on May 1st and that may be the defining game in who gets to go to the playoffs and who doesn't. So All right. Um in two ways. We've been talking so much about, you know, the the play of two specific players in particular. And it seems like we've been talking a lot about Rope Hints and a lot about Jason Robertson. And, you know, the the play of Jake Ottinger, for the most part, we've praised him, you know, on this on this show. But one of the players that seems to go especially unnoticed, e- even in Dallas, and, and he's going unnoticed across the NHL this year, but even in Dallas, there's not a lot of people talking about the play of Joe Pavelski. And I, I think he just deserves a, a huge shout out for his his play this season. So it 
I mean, just to think, just think about this. He is, he's 36 years old, and he's essentially a point per game player. He he's racked up 41 points in 44 games this season, and that would put him as a on a 77 point pace in an 82 game season. That's insane, absolutely yeah, been, insane yeah. for a 36 year old player. Yeah, I mean he he's the, he's one of the. He's one of the only reasons, again, why we're still in this race. Like, with all the injuries we've had, the fact that we still have a shot at fourth is crazy. And he's definitely one of those reasons why we have a chance. Well, and, you know, honestly, flying under the radar on, a, on like, a national scale for players in Dallas is, you know, it, it's not – It's yeah, I mean, it's normal. Because, I mean, Mira Haskinen has flown under the radar for the most part. And uh, you know, same thing for Ropa Hints, who's if he was in the if he was in the in every single game, he would be one of the he would be, you know, up there for points, uh, for the stars. And he would be our best player. But uh I I don't know. It, it it's just that if you were to put a MVP on the season for me it it wouldn't be Jason Robertson. It wouldn't be Rope Hintz. Um, I mean, Rope Hintz has the whole, you know, injury aspect against him. And Robertson has the whole beginning of the season. He wasn't really playing that much. But Joe Pavelski's been there the whole time. So he, he would be my MVP for the season. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree with that or no? I think it's hints. If you look at uh, his points per game, it's crazy. It's higher than Pavelski's. So points per game, like when he's on the ice, the team is completely different and way more dangerous. So I think hints is the is the MVP. But yeah, uh, Pavelski has played way higher than his pay grade and much more than we could have ever expected or hoped from him. So yeah, I think he's definitely been a huge part of this team. Well, and I mean just – just think about this for a second. Is think about what his points were last season. Let me look this up real quick because I want to make sure that I get this right. Because you know when we signed him, we were all excited and we were like, you know, he's an old guy, but he's a guy that's been proven to do well in the playoffs. He's Joe Pavelski. Excuse me. He's Joe Pavelski. Uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a noticeable guy. So so last season he played. 67 games. He only had 14 goals and 17 points in in 31 and he had 31 points in those 67 games. So, we weren't expecting him to, you know, score 38 goals or whatever he did the season before. Yeah, he scored 38 goals as a 34-year-old. We weren't expecting him to do that again. But, you know, we were hoping to get like 20 goals from him or something like that, and we didn't even get that from him. And then he turns around with this season. He's got 20 goals, which by far eclipses his, his the 14 goals that he scored last season. He's still got nine more games to go. He's got 43 points in these 47 games. I said I think I said something different. But any, anyways, the, the 43 points in, in 47 games for a 36-year-old who, when we're missing our arguably our best player in Tyler Sagan and you know we're also missing you know Kiviranta who can play center spot 
when we're missing all this inner depth, I, I can't see how you can give the MVP of the season to anybody else but Joe Pavelski. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, if you look at Hintz's points per game, like I said, it's crazy. The team is completely different when he's in there. And so, I you can w- argue it all I want, but I'm going to disagree. And <laughs> if Ruppy Hintz was in every game, I would I would say with without a doubt that he would be the Stars' MVP for the season. But I just think that he's got that injury against him if you're looking for an MVP of the season. And and that's just me. Uh, and maybe I'm just dumb and stupid, and I don't know what I'm talking about. Well, but you're saying most valuable. You're just saying most valuable is like he's been the most consistent throughout the best the when he's there. No, that's not what most valuable means. Most valuable doesn't mean consistent. If you want to say consistent, Essa Lindell is the most valuable player because he consistently plays defense. That's a that's a good <laughs> point, but just Boom. the. The 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 stuff that Joe Pavelski has done this season is just fantastic. I'm not disagreeing. He's been great. And, and I mean, I mean, think about it. At the beginning of the season, now his now that other players have kind of come out and Rope Hints has started playing more again, his his time on ice has gone down. But you remember at the beginning of the season when we were talking yeah, about he would have like 22 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I know. As a as a 36 year old man, golly. And he was blogging some huge minutes for the Stars at the beginning of the season. So, and again, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but he's he would be my choice for MVP of the season for the Stars. But anyways, I, I just felt bad because we, we've been, you know, talking about how great Jason Robertson is, and there's a lot of things to talk about with him and uh, his, his possible Calder nomination trophy and getting the Calder trophy. Uh, the Calder Trophy for the best rookie of the season. but And then, obviously, the play of Rope Hintz and Miro Haskin and, and all the players we always talk about. But uh, he kind of gets swept under the rug sometimes, even with the two of us. So I, I just wanted to say a special shout-out to Joe Pavelski, and he's, he's played great this season, and I've enjoyed having him as a Dallas star. Thank you, San Jose, for signing uh, Eric Carlson to a ridiculous $11.5 million contract. Uh, $11.5 million contract so that he could come to Dallas. We thank you for that. <laughs> Idiots. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. All right, Chris. Uh, I think that just about uh, wraps it up for us. Uh, so looking at looking ahead for the Stars for this week, uh, we got a big two games against uh, Carolina. We're looking for a split in that series, hopefully. Uh, it's the last two home games for the Stars this season. And then we got one against Thursday, or one on Thursday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then, obviously, if you're a Dallas or a Nashville fan, you're circling that game on Saturday against, uh, against those two teams. And that could be the defining moment for the Stars in uh, this season and whoever wins that game will I think more than likely go on to to make to get that fourth spot in the playoffs so we shall see we shall see all right uh Chris you got anything else to say before we uh log off and say good night for the evening uh I can't breathe and I'm dying <laughs> Everybody say a prayer for Chris tonight so he can feel a little bit better. 
Chris, I hope you feel a little bit better. Uh, th thanks for uh, joining us again this evening, guys. Uh, this has been Ryan along with Chris uh, here on Sarcastic Marks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys again on next Sunday at 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 Eastern. And uh, hopefully we will have another positive show to talk about. And hopefully we'll be talking about a, uh, a win over the Nashville Predators in that game. Uh, make sure you follow us anywhere you get social media from. Uh, follow us on Twitter or on Instagram. And also like us on Facebook. And uh, you can also see some of our stuff on YouTube. And make sure that you also see if you can find us on anywhere you get your podcasts. On any kind of thing like that. And uh, make sure you listen to us there. Uh, coming up next on 365 Sportscast Radio Network is Buried Treasures. Make sure you tune in for that. And uh, we will see you guys again on the flip side. Everybody have a good evening.